Stack. I'm the host, Joanne, and I'll be joined by a guest talking about something that makes them smile, even though I probably don't know much about it. I have two guidelines, no punching or pushing, so we're aiming to discuss these topics without insulting anything else or pressing political and social issues. We're just here to learn new things and share the things that bring us joy. Let's get into it. So this week, I am back with Nathan. Um, Listeners might remember Nathan from talking about uh, collecting action figures, Ikea, Skylanders, um, and we are back with something again this week. Uh, What are we going to be talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about the Animorphs book series. I'm very excited. Um, So for me personally, I don't actually remember reading Animorphs, but I remember looking at the Animorphs and wanting to read them because I loved animals. Um, but I'm having a hard time actually like remembering the books. I remember there was a TV series, but it's like a faded memory for me. So why don't you start just in case there's anybody out there that's like never read an Animorphs book or doesn't actually know like much about them, myself included. What kind of is the Animorph series? So it's a book series. It was a long running series back in like the late 90s. I think the first one came out in like 96, 97, and they went until about like 2000, 2001. Um, the easiest comparison that mo- m- makes most people go, oh, okay, I get you, is they're very similar to the Goosebumps series of books. Like they're aimed for that same level of audience, like young teens, like 12, 13 age, something like that. I read them all uh, whenever I was in middle school. Um, and it's a, it's a long-running book series. I believe it's about 52 books, uh, regular books in the series. And they had a few other specials they released every now and then. Um, as we mentioned, it had a, a, a TV show along with it. I think the TV show, though the TV show wasn't very uh, successful. It only went for, for one season uh, before it got canceled. Um, but the, the overall plot of the books is it's about these, uh, these five kids that uh, they're just normal kids. And one day they meet an alien that's crash landed. He warns them that these other race of aliens are coming to try to take over the Earth. And he gives them this power to be able to turn into any animal they touch uh, to kind of help fight the alien invasion. Uh, the aliens that are, are coming to invade Earth are this, ra- this race of like slug-like alien creatures that you know, are just like normal tiny slugs are only a couple inches long. But they can crawl inside a person's ear and wrap themselves around their brain and actually like take over their mind and can control them. So it leads up to this whole feeling of suspense throughout the books because you never know who is actually under the control of the aliens, who's still your friend. Um, it leads, you know, this good feeling of like mystery and unease throughout the whole series of books. Because uh, this is a long running series, there's, there's you know, 50, 50 so books in, in the series. Um, you know, the early books are mostly the, the kids trying to like figure out their powers, understand the aliens and how to fight them and everything. But as the series moves along, um, you know, they start meeting like other alien races. They start getting, you know, better at their powers and, and you know, they make other allies. They are able to do more, uh, you know, do more to fight off the, the invading aliens. And, and, uh, and it's just, it, it, unlike Goosebumps, where every book is kind of a, a standalone thing, this actually had a full overarching plot. Like there are quite a few pretty good significant number of the books that are just kind of like an episode of the week almost like you know an episodic tv show but they all still do tie into the the big overarching story that you know pushes the the plot forward a little bit every time that is so cool so okay after hearing that i can definitely confirm that i never read animorphs (laughs) like um and i could kind of say that for me that was probably a like don't judge a book by its cover scenario but in the opposite direction of what that phrase is usually used (laughs) 
Um, cause I did not like anything even remotely scary as a kid. So I think I would like probably bought a book being like, oh, look, the girl's turning into a cat. That sounds awesome. And read like a page and was like, nope, <laughs> nope. Too spooky for me. Yeah. A lot of people remember Animorphs for they're They're very well known for the book covers. Every single one had one of the, the six main characters actually morphing into one of the animals that they would like meet in that in that book then it was you know like i said it was it was late 90s so it was all very like cgi uh maybe not the best uh, use of of photoshop they haven't always aged well but that's kind of the the charm of them is kind of going back and looking and see how they tried to like photoshop the kids into these animals and if you like flipped through the pages in like one of the bottom corners it was actually would turn the book into like a little flip book of of them like morphing into the the animal just like it did on the cover I didn't know that. <laughs> That's such a cool feature. Why do books do that? Well, I guess more books aren't about kids turning into animals, but that's awesome. You know, I got I got to say I feel like the memes on the internets um they do like poking fun at like the middle stages of the transformations, but every time I look at them I'm just like, what else do you want? Like I don't I don't know how they could have done it any better. No, no, even even with today's Photoshop, there's there's only so there's only so much you can do to make a person who is halfway transforming into a tiger like look like something normal. And I mean, they even cover that in the books that like the the first few times the kids all transform or morph, um, it's it's a very weird process. They talk about how disturbing it is to see their friends grow wings or fur or you know shrink or grow, and it's like they make a point in the books. To explain that the morphing is not an attractive process it's not just like like a superhero that like snaps his fingers and and just instantly becomes that animal in the books they always describe it as like you can hear their like bones shifting around and creaking and popping and and like their skin crawling and and changing and like the, the prickly feeling is as their skin grows into scales or or uh you know feathers or something like that like they get very descriptive with with a lot of the, the transformation sequences and i think the fact that they like actually make it look kind of weird and strange on the cover is is just uh, further accentuates that point huh that's yeah like i said i i thought that i had read them but i clearly haven't because all of this is brand new to me and it actually sounds like even as an adult i'm like this sounds kind of cool <laughs> like i'm i'm curious yeah, that's that's actually what what kind of inspired me to to make this the topic of our episode is that I as I mentioned I, I read all of these in middle school um, and I had a collection of of most of the books like I had like a 90 percent complete collection or ninety five or so and then just uh, last year I went to to go visit my parents at one point and still boxed up in my childhood bedroom that I, I used to live in was my old collection of Animorphs books. So I took them home, started rereading them. I went on eBay to find the last few books I was missing to fill in my collection. And it's just been so nostalgic and so fun to to revisit all these books. I mean, they're clearly designed for, you know, I, I don't want to say like kids, but like younger readers, you know. Um, but it, it's surprising how much they've really held up. Well, that's actually really interesting to know, too, because a lot of times, either due to like being older and reading something intended for younger and it's like there's no real substance there or just the times changing and suddenly something that's written is like, Oh, this is more problematic than we thought it was, or it's not, you know, there's, it's, it's hard to go back sometimes. No, there's nothing problematic in these books. At least not that I've found so far, to be honest, I haven't actually complete completed my entire reread of the series. So I can't vouch for like the last uh, third of the series, but everything I've read so far, there's definitely nothing uh, problematic, but they very clearly are a product of their time. And actually that's been kind of fun to, 
part of the fun of revisiting these is, is they're very much a 90s product. Like, they talk about the kids hanging out at the mall on the weekend and, like, uh-huh. the TV shows they, they reference. And, like, it's all very, it's very much like a, nine, a 1998 time capsule. <laughs> That's super cool. Do you think, like, if a a younger kid today were to read it, it would be like disjointing for them or like, do you think it's better served as a nostalgia trip or do you think it holds up to a new generation as well? Um, I think it would still hold up to a new generation. Um, they, they might need to tweak a few things. Just like, listen, like the name of some TV shows, you know, they, they mentioned, I think like, uh, like Dawson's Creek or something like that, you know, like no, no kid today is going to know that. But if they, if they plug in, some modern TV show in there, or like you know, maybe like some like so they 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 talk about going to the mall a lot. That there's stores they mention the mall that I don't even know are are still a thing anymore. Like there's just not as many malls around anymore. So like that might be something that's 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 like I mentioned, kind of outdated. But I don't think it's to the point where it would alienate somebody that's reading it today. Um, that they at least have a reference. I feel like even you know a ten year old today has gone to a mall at least some point in their life, even if it's not like a casual weekend hangout spot um you know they mentioned playing video games on an n64 i mean just age that up (laughs) to like a wii or a switch um and you know you'll still get the same basic impact and i mean i mentioned those things just because they're they're funny little notes to read as I'm, i'm going along but it's certainly not like the main focus of any of the plots uh you know they'll they'll mention like gathering at the mall to discuss their plan before they you know take the next uh, move to, to stop the alien invaders. But then, you know, the ma- majority of the book is is actually taking place fighting those aliens. So it's it's not like it's there are any crucial plot points that, that hinge on somebody knowing who the, the musical group Hanson is or, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's also the sort of thing where at a certain point, it's almost like reading about a fictional world, mm-hmm. right? Like I've definitely read books where like, the characters like a TV show that isn't a real TV show. The author makes one up for the sake of the book. Right, exactly. You know, and sometimes it's even kind of unclear where that line exactly is because, I mean, uh, like some of the in- alien invaders in, in one book, they, they took over an entire company. And, like, it's clearly meant to be, like, a large corporate business, kind of like like a Walmart-type company or or something like that but because they obviously don't want to use walmart in the book they make up another company there so there really is some blending and i mean like you said if it's somebody that doesn't have that kind of knowledge it's easy to go in and just assume oh this this music they're talking about or this video game they're talking about is just must be another made-up thing for the book um just just like anything else so no it's certainly nothing that uh that really hinges on on good not solid knowledge of the 90s. So then I'm also curious because it it is a book geared towards like you said young younger teens kind of that not quite towards children but not quite young adult middle of the road reader. As an adult reader does it feel like there are any real like stakes cuz sometimes those younger books like it's like you know the characters aren't going to die in a big battle or you know like certain things aren't going to happen or do you feel like it it kind of bleeds into that like actually mature content or like heavier sort of things occasionally as well it it definitely covers some heavy topics to the point where sometimes it surprises me that this is a kid's book um that i mean when i say it's, it's written to kids like i'd say it's on a younger reading level like for example like they don't use a ton of like big multi-syllabic words uh and that but as far as the actual content um it's it it does get surprisingly dark um like for example the the leader of the group uh his, they find out very early on that his 
the leader's brother was one of the people that had been taken over by the aliens. So throughout this whole book, uh, there's this this challenge of, you know, like, what if I have to kill my brother one day because he's under the control of the aliens? Do I spare him because he's my brother? Do I, you know, try to, what can I do around, like, when I'm just at home so he doesn't know that I know he's an alien and he doesn't know that I'm actually an animorph? Um, There's this whole level of of that um, that, I mean, it's hard for me to say, you know, oh, am I afraid somebody's going to to die because I'm I'm sitting here in the in the future, um, you know, and I know there's like 30 sure. more books in the series, so I feel pretty confident that a main character isn't going to die. But that's that's not to say that there aren't stakes. Um, that one of the 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 requirements of their morphing power is that they can't stay in animal form for more than two hours at a time. They have to after before two hours has passed. They have to like turn back to human and then they can morph into that same animal again or something else. Um, and if they stay in that animal form for longer than two hours, they're actually trapped as that animal forever. Um, and in the very first book, kind of almost as an example of this, one of the members of the team gets trapped in his, as, as he gets trapped as a hawk. Um, and later they find some ways to like keep him, you know, still keep him part of the team, keep him involved. But they go through that as well. Like he struggles with, you know, hey, I have to live as a bird for the rest of my life. You know, I can't go to the mall and hang out with people. I can't, you know, go and eat a, a cheeseburger. I have to, they make, they talk about how like when he first becomes a bird, he has to learn how to like hunt mice and, and rats because that's what a hawk would normally do. And it really disgusts him. But like he has to come to terms with that because that's his fate now. Um, and there's there's other scenarios like that in, in some of the other books where, you know, they might be trapped they might have been caught prisoner by the aliens and they can't turn back into humans around the, the aliens because if they do, one, the aliens will know that the people fighting them are actually humans. The evil aliens don't know that the humans have access to this. So as a result of that, the kids have to stay in animal form whenever they're around the aliens because they don't want the, the evil aliens to know that they're secretly humans. And if they were to turn back into humans around the evil aliens, then that would expose their whole families to that knowledge. And that's another really heavy topic that's covered in a lot of these books, like the weight of keeping secrets from your close friends, from your family, like having to lie to your parents of like saying like, oh, I'm going over to a friend's house whenever really, you know, they're going to fight an alien invasion. Um, it, it really does get like heavy and I don't want to say depressing, but they, they definitely do deal with some very serious things. That's awesome, though. Like, I, I really appreciate it when authors and media respects kids enough to, like, talk about stuff like that. And sometimes it's hard to find the things that are going to cover heavier topics or, like, bigger emotional arcs versus the things that are just, like, slice of life, you know, everything at the end of every book is happy and sunshine and rainbows because we can't have kids sit with feelings for a little while um Mm -hmm. but yeah i also do find it interesting when like there's certain movies and stuff that i'll go back and watch and it's like did i really watch this as a kid like this is (laughs) (laughs) this is intense um Mm -hmm. no definitely no i've had that thought rereading some of these books i was like i can't believe i dealt with all this like heavy depressing stuff just when i was in, in middle school and like i enjoyed reading it and went through it and continued to read these books yeah so Reading it again, do you remember a lot of what happened, or does it feel like kind of reading it for the first time and just like a vague memory for you? Um, it's honestly kind of fifty-fifty. The I think it's more just a product of, um, 
you know, which books did I actually own as a kid and which ones did I borrow from friends or borrow from the library or something like that. Because, like, the ones that I, I reread a lot, obviously, are, are a little bit more more uh, clear in my memory. Or if there's ones where there's a, a specific, uh, like, significant event that happens. Um, like, for example, um, they, they talk about whenever they morph, um, when they're in that animal form, they can actually still feel the animal's instincts, uh, like, in the back of their mind the entire time they're in the form of the animal. And, like, one of the most, uh, for lack of a better word, traumatic experiences they had turning into an animal um, was in this book where they, at one point, they actually morph into ants. Um, because they think, oh, it's a little insect, there's not going to be much of a brain there to begin with, and there's not going to be a lot of strong instincts, and they turn into the ants, and it turns out the ants are completely subservient to the, the queen of the, the ant hill. So even though they were going in to turn into these ants to like invade like a, somebody's house, although they suspected of being an alien, as soon as they become the, the ants, they just turn around and crawl into the ant hill and follow all the, the requests of the ant queen. And they, as soon as they, they, they basically like lose themselves in the mind of this ant, they can't even remember enough about them being themselves as a human to, to remember to turn back into human. Um, until like once something happens and they finally snap out of it but like after they're done they all like vow to each other okay we're never turning into the ants again because it was so traumatic that's actually really cool too because like you know the covers that you see most frequently are the popular animals right turning into a cat or a wolf or a bird or a snake or like the cool things but something like ants i feel like most things with like animal shifting you wouldn't even think of that but the the idea of like okay what would being this creature actually be like um but it's just like a cool a cool animal to explore it is you know and, and that's what another credit i have to give to them is they they don't stick to just like the default like mammal type animals that everyone thinks are cool like i mean you know they everyone does kind of have their signature they call it their battle morph which is a big strong animal they use whenever they're actually fighting the aliens like head to head but then they also do a really good job of mixing in other animals that you wouldn't normally expect like when they have to go on a, a stealth mission let's say they, they tried ants one time they also became fleas once. They did uh, cockroaches once. Um, <laughs> they had to like swim up a river, so they they all morphed into trout. Um, like it's it's not just what you would expect. Like somebody morphs a shrew, like a little mouse-like creature, um, so they can you know be stealthy and sneak around. Um, they they do keep a good variety in there. Um, like there's one one example where uh, they're actually on the run from from the evil aliens, and they run into a grocery store to hide out. Um, but like the evil aliens empty out the grocery store, they're coming down the aisles. So the, the couple of guys that are hiding in the grocery store look around like, okay, what can we morph to hide? What, how can we get away from here? And so it's one of the grocery stores with a seafood section that actually has a tank of lobsters in it. So they reach into the, the tank of lobsters and become a lobster and hide out there until the evil aliens have like given up and moved on. They don't just become, yeah. you know, a big, a big tiger and scare them away. They, you know, they turn into something as random as a lobster to try to, to hide out. So then is there is there battle form like they always have access to that but the other animals it's like the most recent one that they touched or how So the way their morphing power works is that in order to become an animal they have to touch it um which proves challenging in some situations where they do want something crazy like a tiger or a gorilla they had to like sneak into the zoo to be able to acquire them um so they they touch the animal it just has to be for a couple of seconds but once they touch that animal then they have that animal's dna in their system forever um so once they've okay. acquired the the dna of that animal then they can become it um whenever they want to okay so by the end of the series they kind of have their choice of 
a lot of different animals. Yeah, yeah, and that is that is part of the cool thing of, of the books is like in the beginning it's really exciting because you know the, at that point in the early on they haven't acquired a huge repertoire, so they're like, okay, well, how can we make this situation work with what with the tools we've got available to us? Like that's why they became the lobsters in in that book I was just talking about because at that point they didn't they hadn't acquired a lot of other like small stealthy animals, so that was kind of just the best they had to work with. Um, but yeah, and later in the book, it's also cool for kind of the opposite reason that they have so many, by that point, they've acquired so many different animals that it's kind of a mystery of, okay, okay, you know, they're in a battle situation. Are they going to become the wolf? Are they going to become the bear? Are they going to become the tiger? Like, we don't know. And so seeing what they're going to turn into in each situation is always kind of exciting and new and, and just kind of surprising. Um, yeah. they always make a point of acquiring at least one or two new animals every book. So yeah, by the end of the series, they definitely have a large library of morphs to choose from you know they're in a battle situation but does that mean they're going to become the wolf or the tiger or the bear you don't know and kind of waiting to see and find out always makes it a little more exciting that's so cool i love it this is so much fun (laughs) Um, (laughs) all right well i think we're going to wrap things up about there was there anything else that you wanted to specifically cover on animorphs um i did just want to give one more mention to the tv show i know we kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning that some people that i think watched it as a kid might have fond memories of it and everything and that's even more of a product of its time that i always wonder what would have happened with that tv show if it had come out today um because it it didn't do very well it it was like it just went for one season it was canceled um but i think part of the problem was it was just a little ahead of its time that going back and watching it i mean they didn't have any hardly any cg in there i mean they had to use practical effects for all the aliens and because this was the mid 90s it looked terrible um a lot of the the animal morphs like for example in the books where they might have become say like an elephant uh instead the in the show they might have just become like a bull or something or a cow because obviously if you need a live animal it's a lot harder to get an elephant on your set versus just a cow or a goat or something like that um you know and back then they didn't have the cgi technology uh to to just be able to put that in like they could today that i've always wondered what this show would be like how popular it would be if they made it like a netflix show or or something like that where you know you could have each episode be be dedicated to just a single book uh, in the series and tell that little adventure and then you know have it being uh, being on an ongoing story um that you know i will say that the tv show had a very catchy theme song if you're ever curious i'm sure it's on youtube somewhere great theme song but other than that uh even if you're a fan of the book series i usually don't recommend the the tv show um being something you go back and try to find and watch but it is <laughs> it is kind of funny in that again just that nostalgic way um i think for the past 10 years or so i've always seen rumors online of some studio trying to reboot an animorphs movie or show or something like that i always hear those kind of rumors and nothing's come of it so far but i always keep crossing my fingers for the day that maybe one day animorphs will come back to tv screens yeah absolutely it like it feels like the sort of thing that somebody would pick up at some point and be like hey this was popular once we can we can revamp this and I could definitely even see it being more of like an animated series. Yeah. Yeah. An animated show would be great. I mean, then you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, CG or, or Photoshopping kids turning into animals or, or anything like that. If it's animated, you could keep it all in, in the same medium and, and keep it uh, streamlined. That would, that would definitely be an, another good aspect of it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again for coming back on the show. I've, I've really had a lot of fun talking about this. Um, and it's, it's been an absolute blast. Yeah, thank you again for having me. I have a great time every time I come on, so I I really do appreciate you thanking me and inviting me on one last time. I really do appreciate it.
a curious person that likes encouraging others, please consider subscribing to discover a new topic with me each week. If you have a topic you'd like to add to the stack, please email theturtlestack at gmail.com. You could also help grow the community by liking, rating, and telling others. Thanks for listening.